Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week. And this week in data breaches was absolutely nuts. But as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me in this information, and that would be Jay Dance, Jacqueline Wolf, and Jim Ledin. Guys, thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way. Always happy to give you a shout out here. Now with that, we're going to dive in and start with the Bank of New York Mellon or BNY Mellon because on May 13th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Massachusetts after learning that confidential information had been entrusted to the company, uh, basically, and it was leaked in what appears to be a third party data breach. Do not know who that third party is. Now, Based on their filing, the incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to consumers' names and social security numbers after learning that consumer data was breached and leaked, they began sending out letters of notification. Moving on, let's head on on to Gentex. And I should have said I'm under the weather <coughs> this week and not feeling so hot, but the show must go on. And with that, let's talk about Gentex because they confirmed that they suffered a data breach following an attack by the Dunghill ransomware gang, though it appears the incident was not previously disclosed. It's unclear when this breach occurred. Gentex has not responded up to following uh, follow, follow up questions at this. However, it does appear that the breach was um, never disclosed publicly despite it occurring several months ago. So we're going to see what happens with Gentex. I think that'll be an interesting one. I'll keep you up to date. Moving on. Let's talk about MU Healthcare because they said their mailing notification to patients whose medical records may have been improperly accessed by one of their employees. Now, the release said that the investigation revealed that this workforce member, as they call this person, used their EMR to improperly access 736 records between July of 2021 through March of this year. MU Healthcare could not provide more information on the job status of this individual, and that is according to their spokesperson. The information may have contained name, date of birth, medical record number, and limited treatment and or clinical information, such as diagnostic and or procedure information. So who knows? Probably at 736 records, not stocking an X, although we've talked about that before, and so we'll see what happens. But heads up to you if you use MU Healthcare, and I'm not sure which MU that is, Missouri, Montana, Mississippi, take your pick. Moving on. Or Maryland. Moving on. Now, let's go to our mini segment. Uh, basically, it is entitled, If You Just Paid for Cybersecurity, You Wouldn't Have to Be You Wouldn't Be Sued for Way More. Now, with that, I'm more title in progress for the record. As you know, this is a new segment for me. But first one first, we're going to talk about IMED. Now, they have agreed to pay $2.5 million as part of a new settlement, as well as implement an information security program. I do not have more information on that. A lot of the uh, class action settlement uh, stuff is behind paywalls, and I'm not about to pay just to find out how much I'm not going to get from IMED since I don't use them. But if you do, check in. Moving on. Let's talk about Maxim Healthcare because they reached a monetary agreement to settle claims that they uh, failed to protect the personal health information of 28,000 patients in 2021. Now, it's not clear how much that total agreement is going to be or what that settlement is, but the proposed settlement suggests that victims could receive up to $5,000 each. That compensation would cover expenses related to the breach, including up to three hours of lost time reimbursed at $20 per hour. If you're a California resident between October 21st of 2020 through to December 4th of 2020, you are entitled to an additional flat monetary benefit of around $100, which can be added to your claim for reimbursement. So if you use Maxim Healthcare, go get paid. Moving on, let's talk about Dish Network. That's right, the large satellite provider, or of satellite TV provider, I should say. They're facing a class action lawsuit alleging that they failed to safeguard customers' employees' personal information from attackers. Now, plaintiff Susan Owen Brooks 
says she was notified last month about a Dish Network data breach in which the personal information of the satellite television providers, customers, and employees was compromised. I went and looked. I did talk about that one a while back. Moving on, let's talk about Nation Benefits. Now, interestingly enough, I just talked about their declared data breach last week, and this is going to be an interesting one, I think, to watch because they, quote, implemented impermissibly inadequate data security measures that left the personal information of 3 million consumers vulnerable to class action or cyber criminals, according to the class action that was filed on May 5th in Florida federal court. Now, Nation's benefits provide supplemental benefits administration services to several employer health. Now, here's the interesting part of this. This was a third-party breach. They got caught up in the Fortra GoToAnywhere data breach, uh, which is where I mentioned them last week. And so this is going to be interesting to see because, quite frankly, they're outsourcing. And so if they actually can show that they provided uh, at least adequate attestations for security controls from that vendor, meaning they went to that vendor, uh, Fortra Go Anywhere, and basically said, give us adequate attestations, did they do enough to cover this? They didn't get breached themselves. Their third party did. And by virtue of that, is there an insurance that might cover a class action? We're going to find out. That's another interesting one that I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to following up on. Moving on. Let's talk about UMass Memorial Medical Center because they've just agreed to pay $1.2 million to settle a March 22 lawsuit regarding a data breach of its payroll management system, Kronos, and that's according to uh, local news sources. Again, another third-party breach. Now, interestingly enough, uh, according to federal court documents, 3,178 workers from that health system were allegedly shorted pay due to that December 2021 cyber attack that forced UMass Memorial to shut down their payroll system. Workers have filed lawsuit against Mass Memorial, UMass Memorial and Kronos asking for $5 million. Moving on. We recently talked about the L.A. Housing Authority, Los Angeles Housing Authority, having a data breach. Well, a proposed act class action is coming. I don't have more than that. It was behind a paywall. But heads up to you. Uh, if you're using uh, L.A. Housing Authority for something, you're probably going to get paid in a couple of years. Moving on. Let's talk about Carrington Mortgage and Alvaria. I talked about this one a few months ago, their data breach. Now, they basically, um, Carrington Mortgage Services and their call center contractor, Alvaria, were hit with a proposed class action alleging that they negligently failed to protect sensitive information of Carrington customers in connection with the March ransomware breach. So we'll see what happens there. Moving on, Webster Bank has a proposed class action for 191,530 customers for failing to secure their information. Also behind a paywall, but heads up, was Webster Bank customers Morley. Morley got a final court approval to pay $4.3 million to resolve allegations that it negligently failed to protect the personal information of nearly 695,000 current and former customers and employees that was exposed in an August 2021 ransomware attack and data breach. And finally, we have MedEvolve. Now, they're a medical practice management software provider out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and they've agreed to pay $350,000 to settle allegations that they failed to properly protect patient data, and that is according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. As part of that settlement, MedEvolve agreed to a two-year corrective action that includes monitoring by HHS Office for Civil Rights. We'll see where that goes, but heads up to you if your company or healthcare provider uses MedEvolve. And that's it. If you had just paid for cybersecurity... You wouldn't be getting sued. Moving on, let's go back to regular breaches and talk about La Male Postale. This is a transportation company 
serving hikers on popular hiking trails in France. Now, a research team discovered a data leak in their system that exposed the personal information of their clients. We're talking names, phone numbers, emails, private communications via SMS, passwords, and employee credentials as well. So heads up to you, La Mali Postale, Postale out of France, uh, employees and customers. Moving on, let's head on over to Latvia. And talk about their airline, Air Baltic, because they are currently, or at least recently, struggling with a data breach. As a result, web check-ins were not available on many flights. The affected passengers must present IDs at check-in counters at the respective airports, as opposed to using the automated system, apparently. Now, the carrier also informed travelers via email that due to a technical error, reservation data has been sent to other passengers. Simply put, this means that people who are not basically concerned with confidential data have, for example, received reservation confirmations from Air Baltic that they shouldn't have received. In other words, I didn't book a flight, but let's say I booked another flight a while ago, I got somebody else's booking. And again, this is from a translated website, so so bear with me here. Now, in order to ensure that they're not misused under false names, a Latvian carrier has asked passengers to appear in person at the check-in counter to make sure that ticket A matches ID A and on and on. So heads up to you, Air Baltic travelers. Moving on. Let's head back to the United States and talk about the Philadelphia Inquirer, the major newspaper out of Philadelphia. They have experienced the most significant disruption to their operations in 27 years to what they are calling a cyber attack. Now, the company was working to restore print operations after a cyber incursion that prevented printing of the newspapers apparently last Sunday. And this is according to their own website. Now, the news operations is still operational um, as of, I guess, today, but updates were slower than normal, according to uh, the Inquirer. Now, the Inquirer published Lisa Hughes, publisher Lisa Hughes on Sunday said, quote, we are uh, currently unable to provide an exact timeline, end quote, for full restoration of the paper systems. The attack was detected when employees on Saturday morning found that the newspaper's content management system was not working. Obviously not a good look, uh, and hopefully Philadelphia Inquirer is fully back on their feet. Moving on. Let's talk about Farmerica, and I thought I've talked about them before, but I went back looking about a month or so, and uh, I have, apparently I have not, or even that, or it's older and somehow new news. But Farmerica and its parent company, Bright Spring Health Services, disclosed that they learned of suspicious activity on their network on March 14th. An internal investigation uh, basically said that a third party accessed their computer systems between March 12th and 13th and obtained personal information. We're talking about names, dates, social security numbers, uh, medication lists, and health information insurance information were disclosed. So heads up to you, Farmerica patients. That could also be a big one because from what I understand, they have a lot of customers. Moving on, let's talk about the Credit Control Corporation or CCC. They are a collection agency. Now that agency says they became aware of unusual activity on March 7th. And after investigation, uh, you know, here we are. Their discovery or the rather the investigation revealed that certain files were copied from CCC's network as part of a cyber attack between March 2nd and 7th of this year. We're talking names, uh, addresses, social security numbers, and other account information. Now, because they are a debt collector or collection agency, essentially we are going to start to see systems and corporations declare, and it looks like healthcare, all of these are from Virginia, but currently right now, who is declaring is Centara and Riverside Health Systems, Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters, Chesapeake Regional Medical Center, Bayview Physicians, and Parsier Dermatology. I believe I spelled that correctly, so heads up to you if you're a patient at any one of those. Moving on. 
Let's do a Fortrigo Anywhere update because as we learned this week, more than 130 companies have already uh, have already uh, disclosed and we've got a new one for you and that would be McKenzie Investments. This is one of Canada's largest investment firms. Apparently national IDs were also caught up. So if you're Canadian and you invest with McKenzie, you better check in. Moving on, let's head on down to Georgia and talk about Peachtree Orthopedics, aptly named. Now the Karakurt, uh, excuse me, threat actors recently added Peachtree to their leak site. And it basically, it seems with their listings, the date on their post is somewhat confusing and they make inconsistent claims about how much data they stole. In the screen cap, um, basically, uh, that was taken in the article, uh, the date May 17th appears with 181 gig data in red in the post itself, which first appeared on or about May 12th. They claimed 194 gig, so we're not sure. But interestingly enough, Kara Kurtz claim that information they obtained includes many, quote, many lines with social security numbers, almost 1,000 credit cards, other detailed personal information, medical records, and tons of corporate. Uh, corporate data appear to have been confirmed by Peachtree itself in their official letter of breach. So there you go. If you use Peachtree Orthopedics for all your orthotic, all your orthotics and prosthetic needs, heads up to you. Moving on, I want to give you an update on DraftKings. This is that major uh, bookie site or uh, betting site, I should say, not bookie site, betting site. Uh, basically, in December 22 uh, of 2022, um, basically an in-depth report by Hackery.com shed light on a series of data breaches that targeted two prominent online casinos, DraftKings and BetMGM. I talked about both of those back then. Now, an 18-year-old Wisconsin man has been accused of orchestrating a credential stuffing campaign and targeting, basically, Basically, users of that popular betting site, DraftKings, Joseph uh, Garrison of Madison, Wisconsin, was charged Thursday, May 18th with a slew of serious offenses, including conspiracy to commit computer intrusions, unauthorized access to a protected computer, wire fraud conspiracy, and aggravated identity theft. If convicted, Mr. Garrison could face a maximum sentence of 57 years. Now, interestingly enough, because this happened in December of 2022 and he is 18, I'm wondering if he was 17 at the time. If not and he was 18, he will be charged as an adult. Moving on. Let's talk about Great Expressions Dental because on May 17th, they filed a notice of breach with the Attorney General of Texas after determining that unauthorized party was able to access and remove confidential patient information from their infrastructure. Now, what we are talking about here are names, dates of birth, phone numbers, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, financial account information, credit and debit, cre credit and debit card numbers, and protected health information for their patients. After confirming that the patient data was leaked, they started sending out letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about Fertility Special. Specialist Medical Group because they filed notice of breach with the Montana Attorney General after confirming an unauthorized party illegally accessed their infrastructure as well. Where in this one we're talking first and last names, dates of birth, addresses, and protected health information. They sent letters out as well. So heads up to you, Fertility Specialist Medical Group patients. Moving on, let's talk about the Heritage Group because on May 1st they filed a notice of data breach with uh, Maine's Attorney General after their intrusion, and we are talking about. Um, first names, last names, addresses, and social security numbers. They've sent letters out as well. I do not know for the record with these exactly what happened or how they got in. These are just basic notices of breach. Moving on, let's talk about Cisco. No, not the massive uh, massive firewall maker, infrastructure, hardware maker, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about Cisco, the largest marketer and distributor of food service products in North America with revenues exceeding $68 billion uh, last year. I'm also not talking about the wrapper. I'm talking about 
Cisco. There you go. So according to the company, Cisco, S-Y-S-C-O, you might have seen their trucks, I see them a lot, um, have noticed that Basically, their systems were breached on March 5th of this year. Now, the company believes that the attackers had accessed the system actually two months earlier on January 14th, meaning they maintain, maintain persistence. And for a company of $68 billion, that's pretty accurate. Now, the letter indicates that the attackers contacted the company, hinting that it might have been a ransomware attack. Now, information that Cisco provided to Maine's attorney general shows that data for over 126,000 current and former employees were exposed during this attack. The company informed Maine authorities that the threat actors acquired victims names or personal identifiers and quote as well as social security numbers so if you work for cisco the food distributor giant heads up to you moving on let's head on down to san francisco and talk about the san francisco unified school district because an october data breach basically involve students' medical information, and the district told families in a letter earlier this month. Now, Dennis Monahan, the executive director of risk services for the district, said an investigation of the breach shows that names and medical information of students were compromised. Staff and students were now issued new passwords for their login portal. So if you have a student in the San Diego Unified School District, definitely check in. Moving on, let's head on down to Indonesia and talk about Indonesia's Islamic lender, biggest Islamic lender, Bank Syria Indonesia. Now, on Tuesday, they said they were working with regulators to bulletproof their security after media reports accounted details of 15 million customers being published online. That data breach, one which uh, basically a, a national cybersecurity expert said was the worst breach in their country uh, in terms of financial companies getting hit, is the latest in a series of leaks of the Indonesian uh, companies and government agencies in the last few years. And so, in other words, this is a huge one, but uh, heads up, if you bank with Islamic lender Bank Syria, Indonesia, you might be exposed. You might not have known that. Moving on, let's head on back to the United States and talk about the Oklahoma Institute of Allergy Asthma. Now, several patients have told local uh, news sources that they were basically in need of asthma medication from the Oklahoma Institute of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, but have been turned away because of a sign on the door that claims a security data breach at the clinic happened about two weeks ago or so. In other words, did they just shut down? Like, what is going on here? Apparently, these people can't get their medications. That's obviously a really bad thing, especially if you're an asthma patient. And if you've got asthma, you know how bad it is. And so by virtue of that, I'm guessing they're going to lose a lot of patients as they move quickly to other places to get that medication filled. Moving on, let's talk about Whitworth University because on April 28th, they filed a notice of data breach with Maine's attorney general after they learned a ransomware attack exposed confidential uh, student information. We're talking about first and last names, social security numbers, student IDs, uh, dates of birth, passport numbers, and health information. They've sent letters out as well, but heads up, Whitworth University students and possibly faculty. And finally, we've got two finalists for you. The first one we're going to be talking about is Luxottica. Now, if you don't know who Luxottica is, they are the single largest, uh, basically, maker and purveyor of eyewear, meaning eyeglasses, in the entire world. They have something like 80% of the entire global market. It's nuts. They confirmed that one of their partners suffered a data breach in 2021 that exposed personal information of 70 million customers after a database was posted this month for free on hacking forums. As I mentioned, they are the world's largest eyewear company. Some of the brands that they own are Ray-Ban, Oakley, Chanel, Prada, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Burberry, Giorgio Armani, Michael Kors, and several others. Um, basically, they also operate iMed, which I just talked about in that class action as well. And so that's, they're utterly massive. Now, in November of 2022, 
A member of the now-defunct breached hacker forum attempted to sell what he claimed was a 2021 database containing 300 million records of personal information uh, related to Luxottica customers here in the United States as well as Canada. Now, according to the seller, the database contained customer personal information such as email addresses, first and last names, addresses, and dates of birth. Previously, Luxottica also suffered a data breach in August of 2020 that exposed the personal information for 829,454 IMED and LensCraft patients because they own lens crafters as well and that is a class action i talked about and basically in the following month they once again suffered a cyber attack this time a ransomware attack that shut them down and their core operations which are out of italy their headquarters and china where they produce a lot of this stuff and the reason why they are one of the finalists is because if you're an eyeglass wearer Odds are you're wearing a pair of Lexotica created or brand owned, uh, you know, frames. I'm pretty sure these are also Lexotica, which means I'm in their system, you're in this system, and most of the eyeglass wearers on the entire planet are in their system. So that is a very huge thing. We're going to see what happens with that. I'll definitely keep you informed, but I'm smelling, uh, you know, class action lawsuit at some point. And finally, finally, we've got one more finally for you. We're going to talk about Russia's metro system because a personal computer in Russia was used to breach uh, the Metro Computers Network this year after the transit agency repeatedly warned that cybersecurity deficiencies left their systems open to information theft and national security threats. Recall that Russia is currently invading Ukraine right now actively fighting, which means the world's hackers are basically looking at Russia in support of Ukraine and seeing what, you know, what we can hit. Now, the unauthorized January login uh, into Metro's cloud-based system from a computer belonging to a former IT contractor drew the attention of the transit's agency's Office of the Inspector General. Metro confirmed the Inspector General's account but disputed its description of the incident as a breach, saying in a statement that the document's access were related to the former contractor's work. Now, the Inspector General's report surfaced deep-rooted problems that the watchdog's officials say hinder security upgrades and leave the transit agency open to attacks that could threaten train safety. At risk is the nation's third-largest transit system responsible for transporting more than 600 people a day around Moscow, the nation's capital. Now, as Metro increasingly relies on technology uh, launching a mobile fare card and an app during a pandemic while aiming to switch to self-piloting trains later this year. Investigators say they're going to need a ton of more cybersecurity if they're going to do this. Again, not to mention the fact they're in material support of their government, which currently is a pariah on the world stage right now for the vast majority of the world. And so we're going to see where this goes, but I think we're going to see a lot more things out of Russia as we have and I've been reporting on uh, in the past year plus as, again, Russia is invading Ukraine and Ukraine is fighting for Ukraine is fighting for its life, and everybody is fighting at least on the cyber warfare front against Russia, except for their allies, which are a few. So we're going to see where this goes. Obviously, it'll be really interesting. But shutting down the metro system in Moscow would be a psychological tactic that that you know you'd want to see in support of Ukraine. So again, we'll see what happens. And those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? If you're a Moscow Metro train rider, you definitely were. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.